The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, good morning, everyone, if you're on the West Coast, and good afternoon, everyone, if you're on the East Coast. Welcome to Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Patricia Raskin. This is a program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and how to make your dreams come true. And I was one of the first hosts on Voice America about seven years ago. There were probably 20 of us, and now there are probably about 250 or 300. The power of the Internet is upon us, and it's wonderful because we're able to disseminate, disseminate such powerful and positive information and inspire people at the same time. We're talking today about loyalty and why loyalty matters, particularly in business. My guest is Tim Cunningham. He's a world-renowned authority in the field of loyalty measurement and management and global chief strategy officer and executive vice president of Ipsos Loyalty, one of the world's largest research organizations. He was recognized as having contributed one of the top scientific papers in the field of marketing over the past 25 years. His new book, which is written with his wife, Lirzan Ascoy, is Why Loyalty Matters. It's based on the landmark Ipsos Loyalty Study, the most comprehensive study of loyalty ever conducted. And you can also buy the book or you can t- and or you can take the online loyalty advisor assessment to learn your loyalty strengths and weaknesses and what you can do about them. This is the groundbreaking approach to rediscovering happiness, meaning, and lasting fulfillment in your life and work. Welcome, Tim. Hi, Patricia. Thank you so much. Yeah, and let's pronounce your name correctly. Is it Cunningham or Cunningham? It's actually Cunningham. Well, I was close. It's all good. All right, Cunningham. Okay. Now, why loyalty matters. I mean, an incredible topic, very powerful, both in our personal and professional life. How did you come up with this, and how did you come up with the whole um, the whole advisor assessment? Well, um, my wife and I, Lerzan, uh, we had been uh, doing a lot of research in the importance of uh, uh, basically being good to each other uh, in, in our work lives, you know, either to customers as a, uh, as a business to customers or as a business to uh, employees, and what we were finding was a lot of the stuff that we wanted to believe wasn't really working. You know, people weren't, it wasn't happening in the, uh, the workplace. You weren't seeing workplaces getting friendlier, and you weren't seeing service getting better. And uh, we retrenched back, and we said, well, we need to find out what's going on here, because clearly we believe loyalty is an important area. And we decided to do a, uh, a very large-scale study uh, with uh, the help of uh, my employer, Ipsos, and 
really understand what loyalty meant in our in our lives, in our work life, in our personal life. Um, and what we found, uh, not shockingly, was that loyalty is obviously important. It's really important in our relationships. Explain I mean, what also, loyalty means. Ah, that's a good question. We all have a pretty good idea of what loyalty means in the sense that we it uh, we believe it to mean. Uh, sticking with someone or have this predisposition to want to stay in a relationship and work to reinforce that. A real issue isn't that we don't kind of get that general trend. There's a couple of things we do. We, we either uh, make the mistake of saying it's about sucking up or giving blind loyalty, um, or we also make the other mistake of saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm loyal. It's not a problem I have uh, because very few people in the world say, I'm not loyal. And the reason no one says they're not loyal is no one would want to be your friend if you weren't loyal. Mm-hmm. What were some of the big aha findings from the landmark Ipsos loyalty study? Well, I, I think the, the, the thing that, that struck us first was that yeah, uh, loyalty actually mattered in much more domains of our life than we thought it did for us to be happy. And what I mean by that is we all probably have a sense that loyalty of friends and family is important to our happiness. I mean, we may not really understand how to quantify that, but we realize that our relationships are primarily contingent upon having loyalty. I mean, if not, if you're not loyal as a friend, you're not likely to uh, to remain friends. But, we, but what we didn't realize is how strongly loyalty in the uh, our loyalty as employers to our empo- uh, employees to our employer actually matters to our happiness, and even our loyalty in some aspects of our economic lives, meaning uh, as a customer, if there aren't some places in my life that I can actually think of as mine, meaning it's my restaurant or my dry cleaner or whatever, and I can go and have these interactions with people I know, I'm much less likely to be happy. And But yet it's interesting. If you ask people what makes them happy, few people are going to use that word loyalty. They never what, use that so, word loyalty. All right, so what's the correlation between happiness and loyalty? Uh, it's very, very high. In fact, it's almost impossible to be successful and happy without being loyal. In fact, uh, you know, we were, we're, we're very fortunate that uh, our book, although it's designed to be read by everyone, it was, uh, we made sure that the science was very sound, and we went out to um, some of the top uh, thinkers in science including the past president of the American or the Association for Psychological Science who has endorsed the book. This, because if you don't have these loyalties in these different domains, you end up finding yourself feeling lo- lonely. Uh, what, what I mean by that is, let's say you have, um, you, you have these connections to family and friends, and if you think that's going to be all it takes, there's a part of your life that feels empty because you don't feel fulfilled. You have to feel loyal to something larger than yourself to ultimately be fulfilled in life. And so for us, it was very interesting because, you know, we no one actually mentions the word loyalty. Uh, and, and yet it's interesting because what you're talking about is without loyalty, which is connection in my book, then there's emptiness and loneliness and studies show, and your study shows, that 30 to 45 million people are lonely in our country. Absolutely. Why, why is that? Uh, well, they're lonely because they don't have anyone to confide in. They, they, they've lost that sense of, of, of having this relationship. There's a part of, you know, loyalty. Everyone wants loyal friends, but the problem is to, be loyal, to have loyalty, loyalty is not something you get. It's something you give. 
And then by, you know, it's just like love. The more you give, ultimately people will reciprocate. But you also have to be wise where you place your loyalties, just like you have to be wise where you place your love. But, but we, all, we, we have an understanding of how important uh, loyalty is. There was a, a study that was recently done that, that was actually not from the Ipsos loyalty study. We were surprised that um, the AskMen.com Great Male Survey 2009 and the Yahoo Shine Great Female Survey 2009 both found that a sense of loyalty was the most important personality trait in making a man or woman relationship material, as they defined it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for men, it outranked a sense of caring and nurturing, a sense of humor, and intelligence. And for women, it was almost exactly the same. It was. It, it's really startling. We know that how how important it is that that this person be there for me. And loyalty. That's that actually is the. If you were to say, well, what does loyalty really mean? Loyalty is that implied promise. I will be there for you. Do you think there's a relationship, um, Tim, between loyalty and integrity? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I, 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 I absolutely do. Uh, loyalty, obviously, uh, is uh, uh, is basically the raw material of what we consider a life well lived, right? All the virtues that we really value in our lives as human beings, it's hard to imagine them apart from loyalty, right? It's hard to imagine the great virtue of love without it being supported by some sort of loyal relationship. Mm-hmm. And... And that's where we've lost. Loyalty, uh, unfortunately, has gotten a very bad rap in the past 30 years. Why? Um, because, well, first of all, there's, we have a, a, culture, a media culture, I'm sorry to say it this way, but that derides loyalty. It looks at it uh, for an ulterior motive. Why would you really be holding on to this relationship? You must be getting something. There must be some ulterior motive. Or, worse, even worse, you must be simple, as in not smart. And because you're you're not calculative enough to know how to kind of jump loyalties when you need to, and you know if you have a life that's about jumping loyalties, you're you're not loyal anyway. It's 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 gotten to the point where it's a very very um, it's very sad when when President Carter, former President Carter, was criticizing Tony Blair's support of the uh, of George Bush for the Iraq War. Forget what side you're on. Uh, when he was criticizing that support, his, his uh, condemnation went like this. How, how would you describe his support? Um, loyal, blind, apparently subservient. You know, what is that? Yeah. To actually use that word, the word loyal, in that kind of a statement. In the same word you, subservient. Right. Blind. There's, yeah. there's Interesting. this attitude that, it does, that it's, 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 the, it's the simple-minded approach to life. All right, we're going to take a break on that. And when we come back, this is a fascinating topic. We're talking about loyalty. My guest is Timothy Cunningham. His book is Why Loyalty Matters, The Groundbreaking Approach to Rediscovering Happiness, Meaning, and Lasting Fulfillment in Your Life and Your Work. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the ten components of our relationship style, what's the connection between our relationship style and loyalty. We're also going to talk about how a company can earn the loyalty of its employees and how a business can earn a loyalty. It's very, very important. Timothy Cunningham is a world-renowned authority in the field of loyalty measurement and management and global chief strategy officer and executive vice president for Ipsos Loyalty, one of the world's largest research organizations. 
He was recognized as having contributed one of the top top 20 scientific papers in the marketing field over the past 25 years, and he's written this book with his wife, Lerzan Oxoy. Folks, you've been listening to Positive Living. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back. We'd love to hear from you at 866-472-5787. I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guests jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america hey dad what can't get the ketchup bottle open Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. We're talking about why loyalty matters. My guest is Timothy Cunningham. His book is Why Loyalty Matters, the groundbreaking approach to rediscovering happiness, meaning, and lasting fulfillment in your life and work. It's based on the landmark Ipsos Loyalty Study, the most comprehensive study of loyalty ever conducted. And if you go on this, if you go online, you can take the online loyalty advisor assessment to learn your own loyalty strengths and weaknesses and log on to whyloyaltymatters.com. The co-author of this book is Luzanne Oxoy, which is who is uh, Timothy Tim's wife, and so they work together in a husband and wife team. And you can give us a call at 866-472-5787. Welcome back, Tim. Thanks so okay, much. Okay, let's talk about the ten components of our relationship style and the connection between our relationship style and loyalty. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, each of us has our own relationship DNA, and, and we all kind of inherently know this because there, we, we can sense the way people interact with us and know that some of them are uh, just seem to fit better than others. And the, the first thing we have to understand about loyalty is loyalty is about connections, just like you said in the uh, earlier, Patricia. It's, it's 
So it's very important that we know how we project ourselves to others that we're going to do a better job of reinforcing these connections. And, and to move it from the kind of hypothetical to the uh, something more tangible, you know, we, can, we all know some of us have more or less leadership skills than us, and some of us have more empathy than others, and some of us have a greater need for security than others. Well, what ends up happening is, the, you know, to a greater or lesser degree, we, we all uh, come up with a, uh, a style that defines who we are, but rarely do we actually think of us, ourselves that way. We don't really, it's because it's hard to identify uh, so who we are. what are the components are. of our loyalty style? A relationship sorry? style, I should say. I'm sorry, I couldn't catch that. What are the components of our relationship style? Well, our, our relationship style is made up of, of, of ten components. Uh, we call one leadership, uh, which is obviously how, how much, uh, much uh, we want to push our leadership skills. Another we call reliance, and that is how much do we need or are we comfortable relying on other people? Another is empathy, and that is how much do we actually feel the other people, uh, the, the needs of others, and, 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 and uh, feel their pain, if you will. Security, security is a, a part of all of us. Uh, we don't feel secure. Uh, it's harder to think about the other needs we have in life because security is one of those basic needs. We have something that people don't really uh, think about, and it's called calculativeness. And what we mean by that is, we, have, we all of us, to some degree or other, say, is this relationship likely to help me in advance in some way? And some of us have more of this than others. And uh, some of those, and, I, and it's not meant to say that more or, le- or having a lot or too little is good. There's positives and negatives to being at both ends of the spectrum. Uh, the three, three more that are basic, one is connectedness, which, seemed, which is pretty straightforward, independence, and traditionalism, and that is how how uh, likely we are, how what our desire is to be exposed to new things or more radical things. Mm-hmm. Mixed with those eight are two ways we cope with problems. One is what we call problem-focused coping, and that is how how we deal with a problem. Is it is it give me a linear approach? And the other is emotion-focused coping. Coping. How much is it? How much is solving a problem about how we feel? And we aren't all one or the other. We are a mix of both. But these ten components make a unique relationship. Well, let me ask you, when you say how we feel, um, how is that different from solving the problem? We're just feeling about how we feel, or don't they both go hand in hand? Well, they do both go hand in hand, but some of us can be very, you know, think about, uh, uh, let's, let's go to one extreme, okay, for problem-focused coping. You're a military general in the heat of battle. You're all about, you know, what do I do? You, you, you try to detach yourself from your emotions and solve the problem in almost an engineering kind of way. And there are people that tend to solve most of their problems that way and try to keep their emotions at bay. There are others who can't really do that. They, they, uh, uh, they tend to let their emotions overwhelm them. We, we know these people. They, can't, they, they, they sometimes feel like they're, uh, they're in a... Uh, a pit or a tunnel, right? And they can't see what we would consider an obvious door. Now, those are the two extremes. But most of us are somewhere in between them. You know, we see a problem. That problem actually uh, frequently causes us to feel an emo- a level of emotional pain. The question is, to what degree does that impact our ability to go and have a linear approach to solving? Right. So you need both. But if you have just one or not the other, then you're going to be stuck with, you know, with the emotions 
um, really plaguing you and not being able to solve the problem, or you're going to solve the problem and bury the emotions, correct? Exactly, and, and, and neither one of those is a great, a great approach. Okay, all right. What about um, how can employers be more loyal to their customers? What is it that you suggest in your book that they do? Well, being loyal to our customers, you know, the, the whole reason for our existence as a, as a business is to create a customer. I wish that was my line, but that's Peter Drucker from the 1950s, who's considered the father of modern management. But on the other hand, you know, we have two kinds of customers, don't we, Tim? The internal customer, who is the employee, exactly. and the external customer, who is perceived as the outside customer. Right. Well, on the internal side, they they have a lot that they need to do. But let's 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 let, let's kind of separate those two because they're both very important. On the external customer, the question should be, how can I build a relationship with a customer that uh, in a way that that they want uh, at the level that they want? How can I make sure I can deliver profitably to meet their needs and wants? And the fact of the matter is, the prob- the problem is we tend to run businesses with I want to sell this. And that attitude, here's what I have to sell, let me put it out there and force it on you. That rarely works well on the customer's benefit. The key is really to think about their needs. But the most important thing, actually, that to making customers happy, actually relates to how they interact with you. And that means how do they interact with their employees of the company, because that's the face of the company. And that's where this internal customer becomes even more important, as you described, at the employees, because the employees are much more likely and much more willing to go that extra mile on the customer's behalf and to have a climate of service if they feel a sense of loyalty to the organization. And the only way they're going to feel a sense of loyalty to the organization is if the organization or the company, for that matter, proves that they deserve that loyalty because we give back what we think we're getting. That's bad for us, actually, but it's, it's a natural reaction. You know, when somebody doesn't like us, we don't like them. And when we feel like our company's taking advantage of, we, we, we mentally quit our jobs and just treat it as a way to make money. That's bad for the business, and that's bad for us as employees. Now, and, we, and, you know, the other part of that that I think is important is the whole idea of really sort of getting down and dirty with your employee, you know, getting on that front line and getting out of your office in your ivory tower and saying, what is it we can do for you and what is it you need and really treating them as though they were your external customer. You know, it's funny you would say that. We have five, we have five steps that we think every manager should do to build a loyal organization. And the first part is start with a self-assessment. You know, how lo- you know have I done anything to really deserve their loyalty? And that's really hard to do because we tend to not like bad news. And the other part is then to start with an assessment of the employee's perception of the loyalty of the organization. You know, we, both of these things are likely to reveal uh, information uh, that tells us we have to change. But the part that I thought was very interesting that really relates to exactly what you just said is most of us do not know the goals and dreams of our colleagues. We have no idea. They need so how, to tell us. I'm sorry? They need to tell us, don't they? Well, we need to go out there and, and, and interact with them enough to actually know. Because if you don't know what those goals and dreams are, how are you going to be able to find work that you can offer them that actually they actually takes them where they want to go, it gives them work that fills them up? Obviously, they're not going to have things that fill them up all the time. It is work. But the fact is we can probably find things for them 
that are good for the company and good for you, or good for them, that everyone wins. You say, okay, this is something that sounds like something that interests you for your long-term goals. Let's go do it. The other two things that are a real problem is, you know, we always say there's no I in team, but they seem to find an I when everything there, when there is a problem because they're looking for blame. You know, I, 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 I do need acid. to ask you this before break because this is important when you say looking for blame, and that's what triggered the next question. You know, right now with so much stress about job loss, people being afraid that they're not secure and being scared, and sometimes when you're scared, then you blame the employer or you blame the system. How can employees help employers help employees during this difficult time to at least you know, understand the process, even if they can't reduce their fear completely. Well, that really revolves around communication. Communicate often, communicate frequently, communicate with uh, with high touch. Now, to, you know, some there will obviously for some companies there will be layoffs, and I, and I hate them. And you know, it's a it's a function of bad management decisions usually in the past. The problem is you're facing them now, but the. Uh, uh, the, the, the company first has to demonstrate, the management of the company first has to demonstrate that they're willing to, to take the pain. You know, you can't be laying people off and, and doing well. You know, you can't say, well, I'm going to get my bonus and that's, how I'm, that's why I'm doing this. It can't look like that. It can't feel like that. It has to feel, you know, you have to show to the, uh, the employees that it feels almost like that scene in Master and Commander, you know, where Russell Crowe is cutting this, this rope that's holding one of, the, one of his colleagues off at sea because it's bringing the whole ship down, and you can mm-hmm. see the pain in his face. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't hurt and, you, and, your, and your employees don't get the sense that it hurts, they will not care about you. They, they will mentally quit right there. You know, it's, it, the, the reality is that we, we, we have this, this management attitude that we're supposed to be hard, strong, and keep information as, as close to the vest all the time. That is, a, that is a recipe for disaster and rumors to run through the company. Well, and that's all based on the win-lose philosophy, isn't it, Tim? I don't want to tell you too much because you might take advantage of me. I might give you a strategy. You might run to the competitor. I mean, isn't all of that part of that? It, it, it is part of that. But, it's all, you know, there's this whole sense of um, I wear a tie that makes me different than you kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is if they – it, it, we, we need to realize that every dream as a manager we hope to accomplish is going to be about building relationships with our customers and getting the most out of our employees. And if we don't recognize that, then we are going to lose. And getting the most out of the people in our organization is, you know, is, is the only way we're ultimately going to win because you can't cut your way to prosperity. Mm-hmm. You're going right. to ha- I'm sorry? No, all right, we're going to have to take a break. And on that note... We're talking about why loyalty matters. My guest is Timothy Cunningham. He's written a book with his wife, who's his partner, Luzanne Oskoy, Oksoy, which is called Why Loyalty Matters, The Groundbreaking Approach to Rediscovering Happiness, Meaning, and Lasting Fulfillment in Your Life and Your Work. Uh, give us a call after the break at 866-472-5787. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have a nationally known guest that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. This is the program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and how to make your dreams come true. We're talking today about loyalty and why loyalty matters. My guest is Timothy Cunningham. He's written a book with his wife, Luzanne Osksoy, called Why Loyalty Matters, the Groundbreaking Approach to Rediscovering Happiness, Meaning, and Lasting Fulfillment in Your Life and Work. And you can log on to whyloyaltymatters.com, whyloyaltymatters.com, and you can take an online loyalty advisor assessment to learn your loyalty strengths and weaknesses and what you can do about them. And you can still call us at 866-472-5787. Welcome back, Tim. Thank you so much. All right, here's a tough question, and, and this one I can identify with because it's happened for me. How can it be possible or is it to be too loyal, which has happened to me, to the detriment of your own core values or identity? Ah, that's a great question. Well, the fact of the matter is loyalty is, again, like love. You know, as I always say, it's not an accident that some cliffs are called lover's leaps. Yeah. Right? You know, the, the fact is we can give our loyalty uh, in a way that, or, or to people, one, that are uh, misusing us. I mean, it's possible, as we say, to be a loyal Nazi, a loyal gang member, a loyal whatever, right? But the, the key really here is when you've made the mistake of giving away your loyalty blindly to anything, 
without assigning that lo- without being loyal to certain values that that person is supposed to represent or that ideal is supposed to represent, right? Mm. And, and what I, what I mean by that is, you know, if you if you get into something uh, that starts out where uh, you're it's about a cause or whatever, and then you find that it trans transforms itself and that cause goes awry, you don't just say, well, no problem. You know, God gave you a mind that you're supposed to use. And too often we allow ourselves a, a kind of a, tox, a, a toxic loyalty. And it's, it's, it's not the most common problem we have in loyalty. Rarely do we, you know, our biggest problem is that we're not loyal enough in most cases. Mm-hmm. But it is possible for us, just like in love, to go in and say, well, I'm going to be loyal to an employer that absolutely has no, is treating me rottenly, you know, in a, in a way that's totally unjustified, perhaps even bordering on uh, illegal, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's not right. You know, no, you should never feel that you are being psychologically harmed or, uh, because of your loyalty towards something. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be times you have to make sacrifice. That's the point of being loyal, right? If your friend is sick, you don't go, well, you know, I'm going on out anyway to have a good time. You go to see them. There are, you know, those are, uh, loyalty and sacrifice are important, but sacrificing to the point where you have to give up your free will, where you have to, uh, uh, to do things that violate your moral compass or in any way act to enhance evil in the world, as we say, you can't do it uh, because then you know you've chosen the dark side of loyalty and it will only lead to harm for everyone. All right, so let's give some tips, some loyalty tips. What can we do to show those around us, those we love in work and in our personal life, that we are loyal? Well, actually, that, that's a great question. We actually have a process we call the P2R2 process. And no, it's not a Star Wars uh, robot or anything. Mm-hmm. But we, we, we try to make it as simple as possible. The first thing, the first P is to pinpoint where you are. You know, what relationships are you currently invested in? You know, really identify where are you? Uh, who are you consistently connecting with? Uh, what organizations do you feel a strong sense of loyalty towards, and, and what causes hold special significance to you? You know, it sounds easy, but it isn't, because, you know, as I said before, we all think we're more loyal than we really are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to help in that process, we developed a loyalty advisor software that people can use, loyaltyadvisor.com. But if, if you don't want to use that, what you have to be is very objective. Uh, do my friends see me as loyal as I see myself? You know, what aspects of loyalty should I be uh, working more in? What you then need to do is once you've decided what's important to you, the next P is to prioritize those things that matter. And that's really, how do I spend my time? And when you find out how you spend your time, it turns out that rarely are you devoting the time to those things you say are most important to you. Mm. It's, it's amazing how that works. You look and you say, well, wait a second. I'm giving the bulk of my available time to doing things that either don't connect me with other time, other people. You know, most of us spend our time in passive activities, watching television or something like that, instead of shared experiences. Or we do things that we consider kind of compulsory, running around, doing things that make us tired, as opposed to making that phone call, going out and being in social settings or, or connecting with our community on activities that fill us up. Once we know where our time is being spent and how we should spend our time, we need to reinforce those connections that matter to us. That's what the R is in the R2 process. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, 
you know, sometimes you, you actually need to go and make that verbal commitment to someone, and you say, this relationship matters to me, and I'm, I'm not going to take it for granted anymore. And while that sounds very hokey, you know, anyone that's deserving of your loyalty will appreciate it. But you can't be just words. Once you say you're going to reinforce those connections, that means you are going to be there. You've committed to doing it. You find you that's to... a problem, Tim. People give a lot of lip service. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, and then they're not there. Exactly. You know, loyalty only matters when you are in need. I mean, anyone can be loyal. Anyone, it's as, as Oprah says, everyone wants to take the limo with you till it breaks down. And the reality is if you're not going to be there for people when things break down, then you already know your level of loyalty. No matter what you say, you've already demonstrated that you aren't really loyal to that relationship. And once you do that, once you've made sure that those areas uh, that, that are your primary connections are met, then you need to reach out. You need to extend your own loyalty to some entity or some other person so that the flame from your candle metaphorically lights the way for other people to see the value of loyalty. You know, for example, you know, take, uh, if you think that uh, education is, is, is very important for reinforcing or, or giving people opportunity or young children's opportunity out of poverty, then you need to find a way to contribute to that cause, either in your own time or something. But it needs to be a tangible sense of, I am involved in that. You know, obviously engage your family and your friends, but engage your neighbors. What it does is it makes your little world a little bit bigger and a little bit better. And the more you do that, the more it becomes kind of this, uh, uh, this uh, it's a wonderful life effect, if you will, right? Yeah. You find out that you have actually helped so many people, and they are there to help you. Yeah. We have a few minutes left. I want to talk more about um, your book and about the online survey and okay. how people can take the survey and find the book. Let's talk about that. All right. Well, the book should be available in any, in any major bookstore, and also you can get it online at Amazon.com. Just go to Why Loyalty Mat or type in Why Loyalty Matters. Um, and the book comes with a unique uh, ID code in, on the back of the dust jacket so that you can go to LoyaltyAdvisor.com, and you'll take a, a, a battery of questions to identify your relationship style and your perceptions of your loyalty. But the thing that we really wanted to make sure that everyone had the opportunity to really hear from those people that matter to them, their family, their friends, their colleagues, you're also given the opportunity to put in the email addresses of up to 10 people that you feel a connection to to anonymously rate your loyalty to them and to the causes you say you're loyal to. You actually demonstrate that in your life. Mm -hmm. And what tends to happen, you know, it, 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 at least three of them have to respond so that we can make sure that nobody's uniquely identified. But what, it, what tends to happen, it, in fact, it, it's a 90-some-odd percentage chance that your loyalty, the way you see your loyalty, is much higher than the way your family and friends see your loyalty in almost all domains of your life. Interesting. You think you're more loyal than you really are. Exactly. And, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's always going to be that way, right? Because we tend to discount the reason that we weren't there for them. Remember you said everyone says they will do it, and then when they don't do it, they always say, well, you know, I had something important come up. And so for us, we've got a great excuse. <laughs> but the but excuse they remember that. I want to read something as we close and then get some closing thoughts from you. This is in your book. It's on page 60, and I love this. It's by Dina Maria Craig from A Life for Life, written in 1859. 
But, oh, the blessing it is to have a friend with whom we can speak fearlessly on any subject, with whom one's deepest as well as most foolish thoughts come out simply and safely. Oh, the comfort, the inexpressible comfort of feeling safe with a person, neither having to weigh thoughts nor words or measure words, but pouring them out all right, just as they are, chaff and grain together, certain that a faithful hand will take them and sift them, keep what is worth keeping, and then with the breath of kindness, blow the rest away. That is just beautiful. I love that quote, which is why we ended that chapter with that quote. That is what it is to be a friend, isn't it? Yeah. It you know, and, and that's really, what, you know, when you talk about what loyalty is, that's what the social contract is you're making. You're there for them. You're, you're not judging that other person. That person's not judging you. But loyalty is, and loyalty is the cornerstone of all strong relationships, all strong friendships. And that is part of what it is to be loyal. It is to be able to say, I take you for who you are. I love you. I, and I accept you, and I will be there for you. And that is, that really is what it is to be uh, connected, and that is how we make sure that we have happiness and meaning and lasting fulfillment in our life. Because the one thing that differentiates happy people from unhappy people, the, the only thing, mm-hmm. is our relationships with other people. It's far more important than money, and it's even more important than our own health. How true. How beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the program, Tim. Patricia, thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah, tell us again how people can find the book and take the survey, and then I will um, wrap up with telling, giving people your website. It's, it's on all of the uh, – it should be at all major bookstores. You can go to Amazon.com, or you should be able to go to Barnes & Noble uh, or uh, Borders Books or someplace like that and buy the book. And uh, you can take the Loyalty Advisor survey at LoyaltyAdvisor.com. Okay, and my guest has been, stay on the line, Tim, Timothy Cunningham. He's written a book with his wife, Luzanne Oxoy. They are husband and wife team. His book is Why Loyalty Matters, and it's based on the landmark Ipsos Loyalty Study, the most comprehensive study of loyalty ever conducted. It's the groundbreaking approach to rediscovering happiness, meaning, and lasting fulfillment in your life and your work. And you can log on to whyloyaltymatters.com. WhyLoyaltyMatters.com. Timothy Cunningham and Luzanne Oxler are two of the world's most highly acclaimed experts on the subject of loyalty. And Tim is Global Chief Strategy Officer at Ipsos Loyalty, one of the world's largest market research firms. So again, uh, WhyLoyaltyMatters.com. And uh, Luzanne is an Associate Professor at Fordham University in New York City, and they have wonderful groundbreaking research. So log on to WhyLoyaltyMatters.com. Remember, folks, Stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Log on to PatriciaRaskin.com. I will send you a copy of my newsletter. Send me your thoughts. I have uh, several radio programs I'd love to share with you that are all positive living based. And uh, I love you all. It's an honor and pleasure to be with you each week. Until next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific, stay healthy and stay happy and get the support you need and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Have a great Monday and a great week. Listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. 
And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.